Welcome to Church History. I'm your host, Loralee Siemens. This is our summer season. I'm telling the stories of our great hymns. This podcast tells the story of the church in chronological order. We started with the story of Jesus, and we have traveled through history into the 1800s. For this summer, we're going to tell the story of the church in chronological order through our great hymns. So, enjoy this summer season. Today we're going to replay a past episode, and then you're going to hear a new story. This is the last of our summer series on the history of hymns, and in our first story, we're going to hear the story behind What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and then I'm going to tell you the story behind Jesus Loves Me. Joseph was anticipating his wedding. His wedding was just a day away, and his bride-to-be was coming to see him for one last visit before she became his wife. He would meet her along the way. He walked along the river on this beautiful day in Dublin, Ireland. But as he walked, he suddenly saw his bride's horse, alone with no rider. He grabbed the horse's bridle and then walked quickly in the direction of a commotion he could hear. That is when Joseph watched as a group of men pulled his bride from the river. The horse had been spooked, and she had fallen off the horse and landed in the river. Her head hit a rock, and she had drowned. Joseph was heartbroken, and in his grief, he decided to move away. It wasn't enough to just leave Dublin. Joseph didn't want to stay in Ireland either. He decided to move as far away as possible, and ended up in a small town called Port Hope in Ontario, Canada. It was 1845, and Joseph, at the age of 25, was living in this new town and trying to find a new reason to live. He began to help anyone he could find who needed help. He chopped wood, carried groceries, fixed buggies, and spent his time studying the Bible and praying. And over the years, he began to heal. Then a family in the town was looking for a tutor for their children. Joseph had graduated from Trinity College, so he offered to tutor the children. The family introduced Joseph to their niece, and the two fell in love. Joseph asked her to marry him, and she agreed. His life here in Port Hope was bringing him healing, and his time with Jesus had changed him. Then, just a week before his wedding, his new bride-to-be fell sick. Joseph sat at her bed day and night and did everything he could for her. Sadly, just a day before their wedding was to take place, she died. Joseph sent a letter to his mother, telling her about the death of his second fiancé and how his heart was broken. But his mother did not need to worry about him. He had the greatest friend of all, and he was not alone. He wrote a poem and added it to the letter. Some of the lines went like this. What a friend we have in Jesus, all of our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to him in prayer. This time, Joseph didn't feel the need to leave town or the country. He continued to serve anyone who needed help. One day in church, the pastor handed out new hymnals. What a shock Joseph had when one of the songs was the poem he had written to his mother. However, there is a different name under the author. 
His mother had sent the poem into the hymnal to be printed. However, the printer had accidentally put the name of a well-known author on the poem. The man printed as the author sent a letter to the hymnal telling them he was not the author. So it became a mystery. Who was the writer of this song? And quickly, the song became one of the most popular songs, not just in Port Hope, but across Canada, United States, and the entire kingdom of Britain. One day, Joseph was helping a man, and the man was in bitter sorrow after losing his wife. Joseph told the man his story and told him his secret, that he was the author of the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. The man wrote the hymnal and told Joseph's story. By the time Joseph died, October 10th, 1886, his story had spread and his song was being sung all over the world. What a friend we have in Jesus. I hope you enjoyed that story. In the next story, we're going to look at the song, Jesus Loves Me. Anna Bartlett Warner was born in 1827. She was a remarkable woman whose life left an indelible mark on the American church and the American military. Raised in a devout Christian family, Anna developed a deep faith from a very young age. There was a lot of struggles in America during the 1820s, especially for families, particularly financial struggles. Many families faced economic hardships, and the country was evolving from an agricultural route into an industrial nation. Because of this, agricultural families often were stuck with unpredictable harvests, land disputes, mounting debts, and at the same time, families in the cities were contending with low wages inadequate labor laws, and challenging work conditions. There was also the absence of a social safety net, and that meant that families bore the full weight of illnesses, unemployment, and even old age. During this time, family bonds were crucial to survive, and families provided support networks when people were in need. Despite these hardships, families of the 1820s created really resilient communities, and this laid the foundation for the future development and the prosperity of the United States. It was during this time that Anna's family lost all of their money. And to survive, they moved and had to live with Anna's uncle, Reverend Thomas Warner. He was the academy chaplain at West Point, and their new home was next to the property of West Point. Anna and her sister Susan needed to find a way to make money. There was one thing they were both really good at, writing, but there was a problem. In the 1800s, the world of literature was challenging arena for women who were aspiring to become published writers. Women faced significant obstacles. There was limited access to education and publishing opportunities, and there was a societal push to marry and care for a home. Only men were supposed to work. Because of this, most women used anonymous authorship. This was a common tactic used by women writers to have their works considered seriously. 
the literary world was predominantly male-dominated. Despite all of these hardships, there were many pioneering women who produced great literary work. Their determination and talent eventually paved the way for more great literature. Still, their struggle remains a testament to the resilience and tenacity of women writers in the 1800s. And Anna and Susan were two of the big published authors during this time. Susan, who is Anna's sister, published under the name Elizabeth Wetherill, and Anna published under the name Amy Lothrop. They wrote some of the most popular books, such as The Wide, Wide World. This book has been translated into a number of languages, including French, German, and Dutch. During this time, the number one bestseller was Uncle Tom's Cabin, and the book The Wide, Wide World was the second bestseller. The sisters combined published 106 novels and a whole bunch of children's books. They also wrote many hymns. In one of their books, there was a fictional character talking to a little boy who was dying. In this book, we read this poem. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Neither of the sisters ever married, but Anna led Bible studies for the West Point cadets on a regular basis. Each month, Anna would write a new hymn for her Sunday school students. In our last episode, Just As I Am, we talked about William Bradbury. He composed the song Just As I Am, and you can learn about his life if you listen to that episode. I'll put a link in the show notes. William also was asked to compose music for the poem that was in this popular book, and that is where the song Jesus Loves Me began. The sisters' influence went way beyond just their hymns. During the American Civil War, the sisters volunteered as nurses and tended to the wounded soldiers. They showed dedication and companionship, and they provided peace to anyone who was in pain. During the war, soldiers on the battlefield would sing these simple lyrics, Jesus loves me. The hymn provided spiritual reassurance, reminding them of their faith and offering a sense of hope amid all this chaos and dangers of the war. In hospitals, the soothing melody of Jesus Loves Me was sung to offer comfort to patients who were facing illness and uncertainty. One of the final students who attended Anna's Sunday School class was Dwight D. Eisenhower, who served as the 34th President of the United States from 1953 to 1961. He graduated from West Point the same year that Anna died. In our podcast about Lottie Moon, we talked about the importance of this song in her life. She died while her nurse sang the song to her. It was her favorite song. I'll put a link to her story in the show notes as well. Anna and Susan's legacy live on in the hearts of many. The hymn, Jesus Loves Me, has comforted countless military personnel and their families, offering peace and hope during war. 
The sister's story stands as a testament to the enduring power of faith, compassion, and the impact one person can have on the church and the military, leaving behind a legacy of love and service that continues to inspire. After the sisters died, the United States bought their home and donated it to West Point. This story shows that women were used by God through church history in an amazing way. The writings from these sisters were used to impact the world of their day and still impact our world today. We're ending this episode by listening to this amazing sibling group. Their name is Creative Trio, and you're going to love their music. I'm going to put a link in the show notes, and please give them a listen. If you're looking for great music for your family, this is a great option. Enjoy. And I'm going to be back soon with our new series here on church history, so watch out for that. Oh,